I was a veteran of the console wars of 1999. Now, it's happening again. Valve. Epic. War never changes. No, we are not sponsored by Bethesda or Fallout 76, because if I did, if we did, then I probably would have quit. (laughs) (laughs) I think we all would. We have more dignity than that. But welcome to Pixel Radio. Welcome to Pixel Radio commentary, everyone. You now can buy the new Fallout Pip-Boy at Target for... Please stop. (laughs) You're too obsessed. $3. My voice (laughs) hurts already from doing that. I feel like I just destroyed my vocal cords for the next week. (laughs) Oh, sorry about that, Zach. No, it's all good. It's all (laughs) good. Not as bad as Bethesda destroyed their business model. Hey. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Thank you for listening. Uh, Got a... Your name is Zach. My name is Zach. Thank you. Your name is Carlo. Yes. My name is Evelyn. I'm Christine. Hey. <laughs> hey, so let's start out by talking about just some general news stuff that's happened. Really, I don't think a lot has happened since the last time we met. I mean, Bethesda came out with another shitty game. <laughs> we don't know Man. that yet. Oh, yeah, they do, yeah. You the, are, the Mobile Blades game. You are on a run of... Uh, no, you know, it must be so bad that I didn't even hear it, about it's it. Like micro, it's like microtransactions. <laughs> it's like the worst microtransaction model. Oh, goody. Man, Carlo just shitting all over Them Todd whales. Howard today. <laughs> I mean, like, come when out you're with... You're losing, you're losing. Come out with a true. good game. It's true. Like, it's very true. Uh, no, I mean... Worse. It could be Bioware. We had oh. oh man yeah that's a that's a whole thing is all the fallout from from Anthem ah, get development it. hey yeah man uh, I can't escape it either that's funny <laughs> well in good news yeah or interesting news let's say that. I don't know if it's good yet uh, we'll see um, one one we I think we talked about this before but Nintendo's coming out with a VR headset like right yep. with Labo Labo VR which is fucking weird. Um, and, and then, <laughs> yeah, they're like Breath of the Wild and Odyssey are going to be in VR, which is weird to me. Well, well it's, it's only like, three it's levels weird. of Odyssey, yeah. but it's the entire Breath of Breath of the Wild. But it's mostly like a camera type. It's, view. A, it's like it's kind of like the third person view. Like I remember you playing a game similar to that in the yeah. past. But I hear it works really well. Hmm. So who's going to be buying this so we can all try it? Uh, who has a Labo kit? Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, Nintendo. <laughs> My wallet cries I every mean, time. <laughs> I'll supply the cardboard. <laughs> oh, man. Do, do we s- know how much this all is going to cost? Have they announced that yet? Oh, fuck. No. It's probably, I, I'm, I'm I, just going to assume bet you it's 80. Out. I bet you it's out. Somebody, like lo- the previous ones were 80. Yeah. I'm get, the look it the up. thing that's difficult for me looking at it is the weird, like, you have to put your hands so close to your face. Like, you're doing this weird, like... Well, uh, I feel, steering I feel, wheel. I feel like you could take that off, though. Can you? You would think, but like then, like you have to put your hands there because I feel like the weight is at such an awkward position from that set. Like it has to be at this weird position so from it, your face that you need your hands to support it, or you're going to you hurt think your neck. That it's pure cardboard. Like, do you think they're no, think, no, right? So like, there has to be some sort of thing that like, because like it's not going to be cardboard touching your face, right? Yeah, That'd be fucking terrible. Yeah, that, you just that... scratch the hell out of you. <laughs> also, but... like all the grease on your face just absorbs. I mean, oh, we say yeah. Pizza boxes. We yeah, say that there's no way that that's going to happen, but also it's Nintendo, so it very well could. Oh, well, <laughs> they have much better like general physical experiences with their games. Yeah, so like so, this is this is one where I I think we were all surprised that 
the Switch can run VR to some degree. Because VR is like you're basically rendering the same screen twice. Well, so I wonder if this oh. is a lead-in to the rumor that uh, the, the Wall, new, Street, Wall Street Journal, I think, posted. that was like, Switch? Yeah, they're going to do like a pro model and a light but, model. But the thing is, like, it, right, this is out now, which means it's compatible with the old model. Yeah. Which yeah. means the old model is running this. And from what I've heard of reports, I haven't tried it yet, obviously, but reports are saying that they're doing some crazy, like, like they're turning textures now and they're doing some crazy stuff that actually makes it work. Hmm. Like they're doing because like you have to run like 60 frames per second in both eyes. Yeah, which is a lot of that is a lot of power required for that. Especially for something that's not hooked up to power. Yeah. yeah. The internet really disagrees about how much this costs for some reason. <laughs> it's either $40 or $80, and I don't know what the right answer is. So maybe is. it's like $40 for the physical, like... Yeah, you might, without the game, without the Lobo since, cartridge, right? Because there's a cartridge or like, Yeah, since, software, yeah, no, right? like it came with a cartridge for the other Lobos. Ah. So... So if you already, I guess there could be two versions. Like if you already bought Labo and you invested, it's, now it's only $40 oh, for a VR headset. Yeah, you know, maybe it's also, it could also, hmm. I wonder if there's also, if it's built into just the game itself. This, since you have to already own Odyssey and Breath of the Wild, right? But I think there's other things you can do in VR. With not it? Not just those two. Uh, yeah, so the interesting thing about this too is like, um, like it just makes me think of, you know, all the other like cardboard like, headset things like i went to a google io in 2016 and like i got like a little like cardboard thing that went with my phone yeah, it's yeah. like this just makes me think of that only yeah much heavier because it's, it's a very, switch it's very much google cardboard-esque and you have yeah. to physically yeah. hold it to your face that, i <laughs> mean it's still very fun though and it's still maybe, uh, maybe there'll be like a strap thing it's they're not oh. so far not you're gonna be jury rigging your own strap oh gosh otherwise you're just gonna have your hands by your face also, my arms are tired just thinking about it well, and if you had a strap though it's like neck injuries could you imagine like people already tend to like lean forward too much and get neck injuries. i mean you i mean be all vr stuff has straps like i know but i'm just thinking also like oh gosh which means like but i will say that like holding a a oculus or even one of the newer newer vr headsets um way lighter than a switch yeah yeah you know in some ways though there is a benefit to having things be so heavy because then you can only do it for so long so you are forced to take a break <laughs> that is like the most classic it's not a bug Japanese it's a feature <laughs> and you know nintendo is like no yeah Ninten all about like, that yeah. Like, oh yeah like if we could put a warning in to let them know 15 minutes in they need to take a break, I'm in. <laughs> like, I could actually imagine, though, that being, like, maybe part of the reasoning for, like, being okay with them using a heavier thing. Yeah, but being being it. okay with a subpar user experience well, because it's, it makes again, them healthier. it's not it's a, a bug. It's a feature. It's a trade-off. <laughs> you're so you're doing a uh, less time that you can be immersed at the benefit of not being detrimental to your health. And Nintendo does care about your health. Like, look at the Wii. Yeah, think about it. Like, I mean, you know, they must be really uh, concerned about my blood pressure because they won't let me talk to people normally <laughs> in online multiplayer yep. games. Yep, know, that is very, still. very true. <laughs> on the subject of online multiplayer, I, I kind of want to just touch on this since it was the big thing that happened over the week. We'll come back to it because there's a lot more... There's a lot more into it that's sort of industry-wide, but like the complete shit storm that happened involving Anthem when Kotaku posted their article about it. Like, Ooh. yeah, man. I mean, if you, they had the, they had No Man's Sky syndrome basically. Um, in the terms sort of like, of. or like, because like, remember the whole thing about No Man's Sky is like development only really happened within the past six months because they had that flood. So, so basically, what happened, and for some context, is. They Kotaku posted an article talking about the Anthem development process 
and basically just the complete mess that it was. Like, yeah. the decisions not being made, it just being like a total crunch thing, people not being sure what game they're making until the last minute. And, you know, in f- there is... Well, I mean, game, like, production did not start until maybe a year to eight months left. Yeah. So there was a lot of stuff in that. And like I said, there's a lot about game development as a whole and development hell being a normal part of game development that we definitely will want to talk about later. But really what I wanted to touch on is how Bioware responded to that article in a public comment before the article came out that was just like... They made... There were some... I don't know if that was Bioware or if that was EAPR, but like there were huge sweeping assumptions about that, what they thought the article was going to be, that they totally did not... Yeah. That is a very stupid move. Oh, it was... Yeah. (laughs) No, no, no. no, no. It it can be... It can't... it can and can't be because, like, I can see, like, if you get, like, an article early and know that, like, okay, we well, need to yeah, respond to this. Well, yeah, that's basically what I'm saying. Like, yeah. if they'd had the article and responded to what's in it, that would be one yeah. thing. They but it sounds a, like they didn't have Well, they, they had, had an outline to it. Ah. They had, like, this is what we're going to comment. This is what we're going to be touching on. This is what we're going to be touching on. And they then the interesting thing is then the PR comment was all about basically – we, hey, we th- we think it's not great that you guys are trying to tear down us down and tear down specific people f- who are working no, no, really yeah, they, hard they, on they, this. They, they thought you were, they were trying to tear down single people and try to point to that being the reason that Anthem was bad. When in reality, we were, it was all management. Yeah, it, it always fucking is. Or it was also, I mean, it was <laughs> poor it was, planning and no, no, but it was it, it, was, it was, like, was sort of it yeah. was blaming a system. I think yeah. more than it was blaming the individual. Like it, it was, was blaming the process and the manage and like the processes that management put out and. Uh, and the assumption of Bioware magic, which apparently has been a thing for Bioware. Oh, I assume I assume it's a time. thing for a ton of games. Oh, I no, remember yeah. hearing about a similar thing with Bioshock Infinite, yeah, and like, that destroyed irrational games because it was just like that's how the process came together. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. It, that's a that's a PR nightmare for them. They and everyone's like, yeah, but you didn't actually talk about how the like it completely avoided the whole idea it didn't deny that there were bad practices happening it didn't deny that it was like employees were having to go on stress leave for a few months because it was just so awful stress leave yeah and like and then they're just like we just think that you know this journalism this is the bad kind of journalism that just tears other people down and everyone was like uh okay guys you need to like a lot of people were like no and then I think I think there was like another like thing that came out that uh, Jason Schreier, uh, who who wrote the article, fantastic uh, uh, games journalist, uh, he he to- sent out a tweet saying that like uh, who is who's the Casey Hudson is it uh, something like that? It's I'm like blanking one of the, on one the, of the directors that had left and come back, but was known for Mass Effect and everything. Um, had basically said we know about these things and we're going to address them in a meeting. Um, We'll see. We'll see how things turn out for Bioware, but I, oh, man, and oh, man, Frostbite took a real beating during that. Yeah, article it did. Too. Yeah, it did. So, Everyone was like, "Switch to Unreal, guys. You'll like your life better." And it's like, well, switch to Unity. The, that is not paid or sponsored for by anyone. <laughs> the only thing that I've really been doing lately, for I guess tangentially related to news, is I've been sort of casually watching uh, Twitch Rivals. Is that what it is? Yeah, I've heard about this, like, I don't know what it is. I just know it's, like, 
a Twitch thing where they get streamers. Yeah, yeah. And they so play it's a, video games. Yeah. So it's like a it's like a a tournament where they go through a bunch of different games and they take top streamers from yeah. those games and compete for money because that's how tournaments work, right? So because I am critically obsessed with um, Apex Legends, as this may be news to you, no, <laughs> maybe may a surprise. <laughs> but I was watching that. I um, won yesterday. Nice, congratulations. Yeah, that's great. And it was very interesting watching this. So now I'm transitioning into a totally different topic. Um, no, it's good. Because, like, I consume a lot of game content through Twitch. Um, I thought she was going to say Apex Legends. <laughs> <laughs> I consume a lot of Apex Legends content through Twitch also. And, um, you know, it's a very new game. There haven't been a lot of tournaments in Apex Legends so far. I uh, know. And... I don't think they're, they're like there have been weird things where they're like the tournaments that they're playing are not like oh you get a hundred pe- like you get all the people into a, a game and you like have a tournament it's been like oh we have like a tournament going on and like you play three games and whoever has the most kills wins it's like what the fuck yeah so it's I think this is a problem with Battle esports <laughs> I want more cheese tournaments <laughs> <laughs> um so Wait, regular like- where do you hold up? So, so like if you're playing Smash Bros, force everyone to play like Jigglypuff. <laughs> oh, like like you you like cheese like it's not stupid strategy. Not not game not not a game of skill. Just like what the fuck's going on? Yeah, sure. it's great. I Shit's want that. Anyways, so, Evelyn, sorry to interrupt. Please. <laughs> um, so before this, we were talking a little bit about esports and what it needs to make it successful, what it needs to really make it big. And I think that one of the problems inherent with esports is that these games aren't made for that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely some of it. I mean, some are really built with a competitive scene in mind, but it is interesting. Like, So that's sort of... Thank you for the lead, Evelyn. That's our main topic for today, is just what... What does esports need to sort of hit "quote unquote" mainstream? What does it need to like hit that level of consciousness that regular sports has? Like that kind of what is it missing kind of about, deal? When we think about sports, though, we like at least in America, it is very much like football, basketball, baseball. Maybe depending hockey. on where you live, soccer. Yeah. Oh yeah, and soccer. It, no, like no, uh, soccer. But, no, but if you here. if you take, I mean. Come on, gaming is a worldwide phenomenon. Uh, phenomenon. If you go over to you know Europe, like huge uh, Central America or Southern South America, huge soccer fans. Yep. Um, but you don't have that any of that for uh, for like, esports. For esports, it's even not even for esports that are based on video games. Like, I, I guess FIFA's big. Yeah, I mean, it's a. I think mm-hmm. Evelyn touches on a really good point and it's that a lot of the biggest games like apex legends is one of the biggest games right now and it's not really built for esports in a way yeah so when you think about the main games that people think about when they think about esports obviously league of legends and dota are are up there yeah if you if you want to go like like for me personally it's counter-strike because of the the historical like just how how historical it is and then rainbow six siege is another big one starcraft well starcraft has like been relatively dying it's had a bit of a resurgence lately overwatch seems to be like they're trying to push that right now overwatch is like weirdly big in everywhere except like north america yeah yeah it's like really big in like asia east east uh asia and stuff Yeah, i don't really know anyone who still plays it 
like it's it's really big in like uh, Southeast Asia <laughs> and East Asia. Like I know a lot of the people that used to play Apex like have moved to like or uh, Overwatch, Overwatch have moved, moved to, to things like Apex. Yeah. So I think one of the things that's interesting about the whole game, the games aren't really built for it kind of thing, is a lot of the commonalities what you're talking about between the biggest ones. They're like really small team based things. Yes, like, and you know, they have much they have very thorough matchmaking capabilities in the game yeah so you're it's much easier to pit people against each other which more... apex is like the exact opposite exactly it has it has zero matchmaking um it has like it's very like a lot of it is very basic and i would argue that is partially because it's new and because like they i think they just wanted to get to market with this thing or they had a really good solid mvp and decided to to like release it but yeah, like they're like when you, when you compare things to like Fortnite, right? Fortnite now has a ranked mode and everything. Um, there are a lot of other issues with the way that Fortnite has been dealing with it that have been uh, come from a lot of complaints with the communities <laughs> yeah. uh, due to especially lately due to like uh, balance changes and patches and stuff. But like that was always an issue, even in things like Overwatch, right? People would always love to blame the matchmaking things mm-hmm. in League of Legends, right? Well, but like you don't do you really have something similar? in real sports well and also in real sports like i think a huge difference is these sports have basically had the same rules more or less for decades oh, that's no. exactly what i wanted to transition I mean, they, into is that they, they do but they don't everyone yeah. grew up watching whatever their family sport was for me sure. it was football i yeah. know everything about football because even though i didn't ever have a, that much interest in it when i was younger it was just around yeah football was always there it, if you will pay family it up, meals like it you'll pick it up by osmosis we're watching it. yeah but most people on this earth didn't grow up with video games no so and you had them in schools right so you had to learn how to play them mm-hmm. you like vaguely like I, and i think this is, goes for a lot of people um for me personally i didn't get into sports until i was like maybe high school or college like i was one of those like <laughs> you want a bunch of sweaty guys touching each other? Uh, I'm a shit ass kid that thinks that's dumb. I'm gonna be a pro <laughs> gamer. Uh, yeah, God, I want to go up in the mouth. Um, please don't ever do that. Please <laughs> don't be don't be that guy. It, go outside. That's good. Outside. It, it is. I think there is an interesting thing that not only is like, oh yeah, you you didn't grow up with the rules to some degree, but what's an interesting thing about that as well is let let's take a game like Siege where they're adding new operators and shifting the meta every yeah. few months because of that, and it makes it a little bit tougher to sort of pick up as a newbie if you're jumping into like i don't know what are they on oh, yeah. like season four or something yeah. so it what i want it to also l- makes it really hard sorry yeah. to be a casual fan yeah like yeah. i am a casual span span fan of <laughs> casual most, spam <laughs> most Damn. seattle sports teams yeah uh and it's really easy to just like read an article or like like follow them on Twitter and know everything that's happening yeah. with something like siege. It's that's not possible. You cannot be casual about it. It's no. too yeah, complicated. No. no and there's too would, much going on. I would say that like, even to somebody that was a, so like before I got into sports, like I was somewhat of a casual watcher. I could watch basketball and like, okay, I know what's going on. I know the basic rules, but like with, with foot, both football and basketball, I did not become fans of the sports until I, actually understood the rules i started understanding the nuances of strategy and being like oh they're doing this sort of play or they're taking this sort of strategy in order to affect this kind of outcome i i know i'm totally with you there yeah. like so i would 
fantasy football made me a fan of football because it was (laughs) like I didn't give a shit like you know I watched the Seahawks same deal kind of casual fan I since lost being a fan I didn't really care yeah and then it was like I would watch more games because it was like oh my player is in this game and then just by watching more games I figured out so much more about the rules and so much more about like you do this in this case and And like the strategy on top of it you can watch a game be it college be it professional and you can kind of get some some semblance of enjoyment because you understand the different things, the different pieces on the board and stuff like that. It's like not too unsimilar from things like chess or, or that. But the thing about esports that makes it so complicated is that part of it's the way that the market has kind of set itself up and like monetization is that you have a constantly changing meta, which in comparison mm-hmm. for something like football changes maybe once a year. Yeah, well, it yeah. changes exactly once a year. Between seasons, they look at the rules and decide if something needs to change. Something always does, but it's small. It's very small most of the time. Most of the time. Let's not focus on that. Or it'll be like teams, when the meta does shift, it's a thing that like one or two teams will do, and then it'll slowly spread out from there. Just because there's not as many, like with esports, there's so much going on so fast that it's like it's shifting every few months yeah, yeah and we talk about like the big change of adding operators in siege but even beyond that game developers patch stuff like this big one that just happened with uh fortnite that people are so up in arms about it, they i think it was more of a reversal it was of, a reversal they um they so they made they made a bunch of changes so that pay, play would be more competitive you would get more rewards for yeah, knocking out other players like, and then they rolled all of that back. Players loved this change, they and then they rolled it back. They basically made it. They made it so you could hold less materials, right? And you could, but you can bind faster, which was the whole thing. So it was a much more skill-based, like how fast you can move. The right? change that I'm specifically talking about is, um, you got boosts for knocking out other players. Okay. Oh yeah, so, yeah. I remember that you yeah. got shields for knocking out other players, and that yeah. was like a big thing. And the knocking players would drop more, and yeah. you would like heal faster. You got huge. No, boosts. no. It was it was basically a much faster paced game than what yes. Fortnite was which I guess is now becoming slow yeah so they made this change like six months ago they just rolled it back players are furious because they really liked it and that kind of thing just in the middle of nowhere a huge change like that that does not happen in regular sports yeah, yeah. and it would be so frustrating to keep track of yeah and, and, no, and, that's like- and, and especially as a fan especially like where you're you're having to learn all the different strategies and stuff and when the strategies are changing every few weeks it's like and it's hard to lot. keep up with. And, and most also of these games... Sometimes, oh, yeah. oh, sorry, go. I was going to say, and if you're, like, casually trying to, like, you know, you get too busy in life for, like, a couple of months, and then suddenly it's like, what the happened? Everything changed. There's too much. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, in League of Legends, you would always have two-week patches, uh, basically, and then competitive would, I think, be about, like, one patch behind um, mm-hmm. to kind of give them... And they would, they would, like, kind of roll them out that way. The whole, the whole weird thing about that is that you you as a player right like they kind of expect you to be playing the game so you're kind of just like oh like i need to like follow these patching news but if unless you kind of like are like super in deep and like talking to people about it like watching all of like the twitch shows and pre-shows and post shows about strategy yeah and like watching youtube videos mm-hmm. like unless you're like, all the articles unless you're immersed in it you it is very very hard to keep on on these patch changes and even past that to true with so many changes it's really hard to truly understand the impact of each change in a vacuum individually. Well, I yeah. feel like this sort of gets one of the big problems, or like one of the biggest structural problems, is that the people running the esports scenes 
assume that the people watching the game also play the game, which yes. to some degree is true. But, Not me. <laughs> but no, I, that's the thing. Like, I, yeah. you know, I watch Smash streams pretty frequently. I'm shit at Smash. I don't really play it. I don't really play it a ton. And it's like, it can be really hard to get into a different game where it's like, I don't play this game. And they're very much assuming just in like the commentary or just in terms of how the game is being run that the people watching play it. And that's not the case with other sports. Like nobody assumes like, oh, you know, everyone who's watching this baseball game, they play baseball too. I think another really stark difference is that in sports, like traditional sports, it's limited to what a person can do. Yeah. So it's very relatable. Like I could never be a baseball player, obviously, but I I know that that's a thing a human body can do. So it's easy to understand the limitations and the pros and the cons of doing different things. But in and it, it's e- sort of a marvel to be like, wow, that person did this thing. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, but I know how to do it. I can swing a bat. I can't do it as well as that guy, but it's very relatable. I yeah. can run, maybe not as fast as that guy, but I can do it. In esports it's basically limited to the imagination of the developers. So it's really hard to relate to. Like, I can't say that I can shoot fireballs out of my hands. <laughs> I understand what's going on here. So, like, you know when you watch the Olympics yeah. and you watch some sport that you've never seen before, like diving or something like that, and after watching it for 19 seconds, you suddenly are, like, as critical as the judges, and you're like, oh, man, they didn't make that full quarter oh, there's, twist. Yeah, there's that the, splash and, there. Dude, yeah. I, uh, over the summer, slight tangent, uh, the last Olympics, I watched a bunch of women's weightlifting, and it was a fucking blast. I loved it. Yeah. I mean, it's like <laughs> yeah. the classic one, I think, is, like, women's curling, that, like, me and, like, a lot of people just go, like, whoa curling's fucking awesome yeah and it makes sense you see what they're doing you're like this is a physical motion that a human body is doing it makes sense to me i understand the mechanics esports you have you have either a controller or a keyboard and mouse and that is like that's it that that is like that is like physically what you're you're doing so it's like can you hit these buttons and move this mouse you're you're the right way you're marveling at either you know reaction time or decision making or just like this very mental thing and if you understand the game like you know if you're watching a siege match and somebody sets up this incredible sequence of events and it plays out it's like wow that's amazing i just watched this incredible mental gymnastics happen but if you don't understand all the work that went into setting it up there's it's hard to get there yeah and it's hard to enjoy it like you can't be like damn that was a cool jump that guy did it's like damn that was a cool series of button presses that they did to blow this thing up and do this thing and the other thing this reminds me very much of watching chess like if you're actually like watching you know like traditional chess this is very much something in the mind you kind of just see things and you need to know the rules very intensely that is a really interesting comparison yeah yeah no it is very much the same where like for, for it, you know, I, we're not going to say that sports does not have the same level of strategy, and I think it does. Oh, yeah. But I would say that what sports does add is that physical element. Is that if you watch sports, if for a casual observer, you need that physical element because that's the only thing you can understand, or at least you need something. Yeah. You need something there to be like, whoa, that was cool, yeah. even when you understand none of the strategy. But when you do understand like how the rules work and the strategy, that's when you can then watch football and be like, oh, I now know like. I now know this particular strategy. That is the bare minimum you need for most of these esports games. Yeah, and, then, and I, I think that that really is the problem and the reason why it'll never be as mainstream as a main sport is yeah. because the barrier to entry is very high. And it's and this has been something that I don't think has been solved yet. Um, okay, maybe for certain games like fighting games. like yeah. And maybe, yeah. maybe fighting games is actually probably the one type of 
competitive game that I think can. I'm, yeah, I was gonna I'm say, actually I feel like with you. Smash could actually like. Smash well, like, no, Smash is not a good example. Smash really? is no, no, so no. confusing. Smash is not a good fighting game. Fight. <laughs> I, so well, no, the, the, it's the th- kind of thing where nobody I would say, disagreed with me there. I would say fighting game. I mean, I'm not gonna get into that fight. It's not <laughs> that I disagree with you. I'm not gonna get into that fight. Uh, it's. I think you're right that I think fighting games are the easiest to sort of pick up. It kind of what's has, happening it because it is one on one. It's the one on one, and it kind of has that somewhat physical aspect of you're watching these two characters hit each other on screen. Yeah. Even though you don't understand the button presses, you know when someone's going to throw a punch. You can kind of read movements as you start watching more of it and stuff like that and you kind of like get an idea of how a fighting game yeah. works. It's but, like it is very much okay, get their health bar down. Yeah. yeah. But then simple. on the flip side, it's really really hard for me as a person who has basically never played a fighting game yeah. to understand why these things are happening. Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. When, when it comes to specials and stuff, mm-hmm. it's like crazy, but I, I think they're on... It, it, it's much easier to watch than Counter-Strike, Overwatch, Dota. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially MOBAs. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I gosh, mean, you know, MOBAs are... You can understand... Uh, like, there's the very famous thing of uh, Justin Wong versus yeah, Daigo in Street Fighter, say, yeah. and, like, that's such a famous moment, and, like, you play that video for a lot of people, people will be like... Okay, I kind of get that, but that's, you know, if you watch the whole set, you figure out enough of it fairly quickly. And it's yeah. like, it's not like you're going to be a fan of it, but you can at least be like, whoa, that was that was a thing that someone did that was actually, yeah. like, pretty cool looking. And it has it has a somewhat of a slight corollary to actually some real-life stuff, like boxing, MMA, right? Yeah. It's, well, so it's the, not too far away from those things. And even though, like, for people in the, in like, Boxing, I think, is a decent example because a lot of people will watch like Floyd Mayweather in boxing be like, he can't fight. <laughs> He's just like dodging and tapping. He's not an actual fighter. Like Conor McGregor would kick his ass. And then you see Conor McGregor and him go into boxing match and Conor McGregor gets his ass kicked. It's because there are a bunch of rules and regulations and like all these little minutia that make boxing what it is. Right. And I think that's very similar to games. Like, people aren't going to necessarily understand, so you might have this, like, strong emotional thing saying, like, oh, like, it's not it's not real. But And I think fighting games can kind of be... That's, like, that's why they're not necessarily mainstream, but I think it's closer to that sort of... It's sport. closer to the feel. I think one thing also with fighting games that helps them, and, and also games like Siege, to some degree, MOBAs, but why I don't think any of the Battle Royales will ever make it as an esports... It's, it's basically 1v1 or one team versus one team. You need that. When it's a battle royale where it's a bunch of different teams against each other, it's so hard to follow. And it's so hard to... You know, to... that's a really interesting point. In sports, you can put a camera way up and see everything that's happening. Yeah. And even in uh, MOBAs, there's 10 people total on the screen. Like, yeah. There's not that much to switch between. Mm-hmm. But in something like uh, Apex, there's 90 people or 60. There's 60 people... And they're all everything is happening constantly, and you just mm-hmm. can't keep track of it from a like a as an outsider perspective. Yeah. This is why it's so great to watch um, it on Twitch. <laughs> I I have a thought, and this might it feels a little controversial. Okay. Oh, hot take, Carlo. Um, but it's not a hot take. <laughs> all right. I don't think, at least. So, like, what I'm what I'm thinking right now is that. If I look at something like UFC or look, look at something like MMA or like any just major sport, right? You have stars to a degree. 
You sure. have these like larger than life figures, right? And while you do have that to some degree in sport in esports, I Ninja. don't. <laughs> but he's he's a streamer. He's not really he's not really an esports person, or he was he was at one point, but now isn't. I mean, I feel like most of the right? people like Stroud, you know the right? names of are definitely streamers who you're watching for or the con- entertainment they're value. Too. Yeah, they're, they're, they're much yeah, more content creators. Yeah, you're right. Like, like you look at League of Legends, and like not the best people weren't necessarily the streamers. It's like. Well, like, obviously, you have the best of the best, which is, like, the Korean, Koreans and Faker and all of that stuff. But they, the, the people that were hitting the top of the League of Legends streams were people like I'm a cutie pie who were entertainers. Yeah, you know, that's a really interesting point. So, like, you creating this sort of star power, right? I, I think partially it comes to the fact that people that get into video games are relatively socially awkward nerds. Um, <laughs> that's the controversial thing I was about to say. I know it's not necessarily true, but it's, like... When you when you watch a lot of esports and you see a lot of these interviews, it's painful. Yeah, and you know you have to have a special kind of personality, I guess, to dedicate a, enough time to one of those yeah. games to be that good at it. And but the thing is, like, in order to be that good, right, you do need that sort of like competitive superstar personality. And like, you do have certain players, like I would say, like Double Lift in League of Legends, right, or. Um, I think there are a couple people in Counter-Strike, but other names are coming up to mind, which makes me feel like a terrible person. But, like, you have people like that that are, like, very bombastic and very much like, oh, I'm going to trash talk. And it's very easy to create stars out of that. And that's the reason, like, Doublelift, who is way past the prime age for League of Legends, is still, like, one of the number one players today because he's not as he's so good but he's still he can put on that persona he can get people people want to watch him lose. So I feel like this gets at something that I was sort of thinking about a little bit that I think is sort of a challenge for esports right now. I think it's every an sports over... needs the Patriots. No, I think every every to some degree, and this is something I think about with sports. I think, you know, sports have always been popular. I've always been a big deal, but it feels like it they're more a part of the consciousness. And I think a lot of that is honestly because of ESPN. Like I think a lot of it is that it's the sports center thing. You have this thing of like I'd argue I don't know was. Well, I mean, it's. I think that created a lot of it. I, I, this, I would say that's like ESPN now is like it's going downhill. Sure. Well, but they it, play esports on ESPN. Yeah, I mean, but what what I mean <laughs> oh, is that's like, why they're going downhill. <laughs> just kidding. Just no, totally but I think kidding. like what's you need, you need kind of that sports center thing of just like I don't have time to watch all these different things. I want someone to just like sum and up, need, hear all the biggest things, and like the you need oh, a third party to do it. You can't have yeah. The, and I think that's a lot of the problem with a lot of these. Um, like a lot of these shows that you see and a lot of these pre-shows they're all made by the company or people paid by they're basically supposed to be free advertising so they're not gonna they are gonna criticize but they're not gonna go like go super deep well but also ESPN is currently live streaming the North America League of Legends championship uh, spring semifinals yeah that's funny no but I mean (laughs) what I what I think is what ESPN did is not in addition to the you know, all of the the stuff about like summing up a weekend in in sports or the esports equivalent would be like, here's all that happened during all the tournaments. But, you know, for better or worse, what ESPN really does well is they create narratives. Like they create a story around the sports. And the sport the story may not be true. It may be like false that most is of like, the time. It is like the best thing for a casual viewer, but for a hardcore viewer, that is like the worst thing. No, but that's what I mean though. Like that's what it well, is. Yeah, it's a story yeah. that you can talk about, and you can talk about whether that story is true or it's not. But there's a story there that, and 
you know, f- human beings kind of need that story to some degree. We Are need you? that we need that narrative creation around this game. And it and like even if that narrative is kind of false, if it feels true or if there's something to talk about with the story being true or not, you need that. And it it's it's almost this kind of thing where esports feels like it doesn't have that to some degree. Like just there is it there has, is definitely there, like narratives to there, it, but they're like community driven more than they are yeah. anything else. And if you're not a member of that community, it is harder to just get into it. There are some journalists that do do that very well, but I think they do it very well to the point where the reason they do it very well is because they understand the community and they pander to that a little bit yeah. too much. Like somebody like Thorin, right, who is super controversial uh, character in esports in general, and a lot of people in both Counter Strike and League of Legends love to shit on him because of the way that he kind of spins things into narratives and kind of like comes up with stories that aren't necessarily true. But in the same vein, right, like that's why Skip Bayless is still has a fucking show yeah, on we, ESPN. We may hate him, but the ability to create a story it's Damn it, Im- skip it's important like you need it's important for getting people to care you know i was going to transition into a point about maybe another reason that it's harder for people to get into esports is because gaming it can be so toxic at times but the more i thought about it oh uh, traditional sports are traditional not sports less are toxic not <laughs> less they're, toxic. they're both fully oh hell no, no. you yeah. you get on that field and you ain't <laughs> I mean, trash talking yeah mm. oh i mean so much of it it, this this gets into it a little bit as well. I think another problem that they're trying to address, but like, oh yeah, like the big thing with sports is pretty much an us versus them mentality. That's like what makes it work. Is this like you were talking about how you're a casual fan of Seattle sports teams? That's pretty much like it's all just this civic pride thing. It's this yeah. regional kind of us versus them, like we're the best, fuck you kind of thing. But so not even that. It's like, like, it's like based you on live in a city. Bullshit. You have city teams. Yep. And you can always talk to somebody about it. Yeah. It's it's a beautiful, constant source of small talk is sports. You can talk about sports and you can talk about the weather. So I think that's and another reason. And the traffic. That's, I think, another reason, actually, that sports is so yeah. so popular is just because it's easy to talk about. Yeah. And it's and like, like goddamn, have... fuck the Patriots. Well, so. Everyone <laughs> agrees you, on that. You have such yeah, a connection. Fuck the Patriots. Fuck the Cowboys. You more. have this built. Oh, fair. You have this built-in <laughs> connection based on where you live and it's this thing of this built-in kind of uh tribe that you have and you feel like this belongs to you and if you have that connection with all the people around you in that same way and you know that's another thing there's like five sports that people watch and no one is going to try to have small talk about like squash if that's what they're into and um but you can talk about baseball and football and basketball and soccer like you everyone can talk about those things With esports, there's 115 competitive games. And a person who's a fan of Siege, for example, isn't going to know jack shit necessarily about League of Legends. So you like you can't really have yeah, a like, casual... I, I mean, like I'm not going to be able to talk to a person down the street and talk about competitive Osu. I don't think I can talk <laughs> about competitive Osu to any so of you. I, I, well, I mean, even if you look no. at the top five games that, like the top five esports games let's say league of legends league, league of legends two, dota counter strike counter strike fortnite no it, it, it's it, it's still it's still it Fine. still has more viewers on twitch than any other game well i'm kind of talking money it has a lot of money in I, it. no tournament money oh tournament money then well then then i would almost remove i would remove fortnite and then i wouldn't put apex up but i put, no no no, I would no, no, put, no i would put like 
Evo. Mm, I mean, well, that, that's it's uh, kind like, of hard. It's, it's hard. To, hard to, it's hard to, to find another one. I mean, so but it, they're they're all completely different. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's. It, I think they're in, completely different genres of games. Yeah. Like yeah, there's an intro. Uh. So like, if I know that my friend is a fan of esports, but I'm a fan of Dota, and they're a fan of Call of Duty, I think is another top one. Yeah. We can't have a conversation. Well, <laughs> so now let's actually take that back though. I think this does go back to the sense of that we have we've had sports since we were children, and everything like that. Because like, if you think about it, football, soccer, basketball are all wildly different games. You know, that's true. With different rule sets. And, like, I don't necessarily, like, for me personally. That's a good point. The reason I'm I, not, I walk my point back. Yeah, You're right. The reason that I don't, <laughs> like, I don't enjoy soccer as much is because I don't necessarily have an understanding of the rule set. Like, I don't understand what it means to be offsides in soccer. <laughs> I understand what it means to be offsides in football. Um, but it's something like that, right? And I think part of this is, again, because we grew up with it. And on top of that, our our society has entrenched sports into every facet of our lives to some degree, right? Like, yeah. you go to school, you do sports in PE, you learn how to play those sports. A lot of schools have teams. You you know, you don't have any equivalent. Like, well, I, I think... well let, me, let, me, let me correct myself. You might actually have the equivalent to arguably the biggest farm, farm group of whatever to, like, bring new players in because so many people play video games and yeah. there have been more people playing video games than ever before. Yeah. The problem with that, though, is that a lot of those kids that are amateurs and trying to make their way into professional esports, it's not like normal sports where you have this sort of system to teach you. Yeah, exactly. you have no a coaches, structure. Yeah. You have the structure. There's and, a path to it, yeah. And for very much, for most esports, and you see this with Apex, especially because it's so new, there is no support system. There is no structure. Dota barely even has one. League is probably the one that's furthest along in any of that. Yeah, and I think that actually comes back into problems with matchmaking. Uh, Fortnite and Apex and um, the first one. <laughs> <laughs> League of Legends? <laughs> no. Uh, Fortnite, Apex, Battle PUBG. PUBG, thank you. Uh, brain stopped working. They don't have matchmaking. Like, they don't pair together experienced players with experienced players. So as a person who wants to get into it, it can be really disheartening to land in a game where you have, you can just randomly have, like, one of the top teams in the world in your game that's your first ever game Which and you get your it, shit pushed in and it's not fun or you it, could it, or you is, could have a situation good or bad right or you could have a situation where you know if you're trying to build a, an esports out of it or you're trying to build a team you're trying to discover the best of the best how do you find that you look for the person who's won the most games and there's no like comparison of oh but who were they just like beating up on a bunch of scrubs yeah yeah i mean it's also interesting because you know, uh, for like a lot of teams, it's like coaches are super critical. So there's someone who's watching you and help you grow and like work past your weaknesses. And that's a lot harder to access in a lot of games. And we, there's not, we, coaching is not as advanced for esports at this point. Yeah. Cause for one thing, all of this is the coaching new. is still controversial in many esports. Like a lot of things, like, you know, there's a whole controversy. Uh, there's a, was a controversy in Smash. There was a controversy in, I want to say it was one of the MOBAs, but it was about like basically mid-set coaching. I, may, may, uh, I don't, well, think, I don't, I, I don't League, remember. That, League is pretty strong with the coaching nowadays. Yeah. But I, anyway, I, there was there have been controversies no, about it, like it, should you have it in the middle of a set? Yeah, it's the structure of the whole system, right? And like I think because of how new esports are, and remember, 
you look at football, you look at baseball, you look at all these other sports. They've been around for hundreds of years. Yeah, <laughs> like I think baseball, basketball has been around for maybe like 120 years or something crazy. That's the newest one. Soccer so, has been around in some form or another for literally hundreds of so years. So centuries. <laughs> I, th- I think that actually brings up an interesting point as well. Like sort of talking about like we were talking a minute ago about um, like the regionality of sports and really what makes a lot of that work. Because I was thinking about you know the sports being around a long time. The fact that the teams have history is important. Like, that's why when you move a team, it tends to do really poorly in that space for a little bit. Like, in terms of the people going to the game and stuff like that, it's like, there's no history to the team. There's no, like, feel like you have, again, this narrative that you can sort of grab onto. Like, you know, people always talk about how, like, the Mariners are perpetually mediocre. and But, hey, maybe this year they won't be. And I it's think like, a really good example of what you're talking about is when the Cubs won the World Series. Yeah, exactly. Everyone cared about that because yeah. there was such a great story. It, yeah. Everyone Cubs, was watching that. Cubs winning the World Series, I think... Um, Cleveland winning their first championship yeah, forever. Yeah, that's another good um, one. Where yeah. Or like even this, the negative ones where the Patriots win for the thousandth time. It's like there's Which, a history there. I will say though, like you are starting to see this in esports and I would say that um, for League of Legends, right? Like back when I used to still watch it, there was a time where COG and Doublelift specifically had never won, like hadn't won a game, a championship in forever. And it was like they had be- just been to relegation and they were like basically, oh, is this team finally on its way out? And they come back and they fucking win and they sweep a best of five at the very end of the finals. And that thing was like being in like seeing that crowd and then seeing the outpour on the Internet was probably like the biggest I've seen League of Legends at at that time. Like it, it never think ne- no amount of emotion ever hit that point. And I think that's due to the history and due to the knowledge of like being in there and seeing it for five years and being like, wow, he finally got yeah. his win. Yeah. And how do you maintain that history? In a set of games that are always changing. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and and players who can't play for that long, like people are not able to be competitive in esports nearly as long as they can no. be competitive in traditional sports. And again, you then there's the money follow the money. Um, eventually Riot or you think about Riot, or you think about Valve, like, they want to release a new game, or the second game, or, like, yeah, think about, like, what happens when Siege 2 inevitably comes out. Yeah, that's a very interesting point, too. Uh, I mean, that's you don't what have hurt, football, too. That's what no. hurts the fighting game, certainly, is they we have, have to... A, we have the XFL. There's so many games that they have to move to, like, oh, yeah, you know, if you're a Street Fighter player, like, again, we talked a bit ago about Daigo versus Justin Wong, I mean, people are still playing Street Fighter 2 to some degree, but they have to keep every... There's a new Street Fighter game that comes out every few years, and it's and hard yeah. for a viewer to stick with it. So, like, now the the question is, is, like, I know we have sports, and we talk about sports, right, from a business perspective, and it makes a lot of money. Is part of the reason that esports isn't going to make a lot of money is because most of these companies just view this as free advertising to play their game? It does seem like there would need or to be... Or not free advertising, but, like, essentially, like... The reason we have like a championship series is because it's just a giant. It's all marketing. It's like yeah. we, it's like we need a network. Like I'm not. I I don't want to use the ESPN example, but like one of the reasons that it sports is sports works for, um, in a lot of ways is that it's not the NFL network isn't the only one broadcasting NFL games, um, and that's sort of an interesting point. Like, yeah, there's there's some. 
there's some interesting stuff about like how the companies that are broadcasting their esports are the companies that made it. The yeah, that's kind of weird. I think that uh, as it's Twitch like gets more and more right? and more and more important, I think that that's going to change the narrative in a big way. Yeah, if Twitch because... launches its own basically esports thing, that would be huge. Well, then like the NF, like yeah, with Twitch somewhat trying to equate and maybe this has been amazon and they i don't i think if they put it on twitch this would do it like if they started streaming nfl on twitch and equating that to some degree yeah i think that would start pulling people in but i think some the degree. way that you watch sports traditional sports um with announcers that you know well and all this stuff that is still i think very immature in esports and they're yeah. trying to get there like i know but- i know both dota and league have come out with like simple casts of their esports where like yeah it's yeah. like oh we have people that are trying to explain stuff but like the fact that you need a, a different cast just for that it's kind of rough but then yeah. again i guess like you know it's the difference between watching an nfl game with the nfl commentators and then listening to actual nfl analysts talk about the game yeah because man some of those commentators hmm. <sighs> so i think that there's like a couple of main points that we made here number yeah. one it's immature number two we didn't grow up with it Number three, there's a high barrier to entry. Uh, and there's so many. <laughs> yeah, and, and number four, it's hard to keep track. Yeah, it's, and, and they, they like, I think that's definitely the case. There's, it's hard, and it all sort of, uh, there's so much. There's so much yeah. to talk about in there. It's such an but interesting I think, question. I think, I think that, that first one, right, it is somewhat of an infancy. It is very new. Yeah. Very compared to like the historic history you've had for other sports that there's still a lot of room for esports to grow. Absolutely. There's a chance to build stories that it's still very much in its infancy. I'm sure early sports, like early soccer, I'm sure had the same problem. And you know, I'm excited about it. This Absolutely. is a cool time to be into video games. Yay, yep. us. There's Yay. time to play video games. Yep, just more time to watch and play and all of that stuff. You make it sound so depressing. Oh. What? No, oh, I, 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 I love it. I'm so excited to see what the future holds for this kind never of thing. Been, I fucking love watching other oh, people yeah, play no, video no, no, games. Exactly. It's the best. kind of like monotone. Like, no, I, yeah. no, see what I'm thinking about. <laughs> see what I'm thinking about It has never been is, a better time to play video games. Everything else about the game industry is questionable. See, no, no, it's never been a better time to either play games or to watch people play games. See, I was just wondering, <laughs> like, how games. do I create the uh, the esports ESPN and make a billion dollars? That's that was my goal. <laughs> <laughs> Patent pending. Indeed. All right. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Uh, I think we're. You know, we're probably going to be talking about this one some more. I think we've, I've certainly got a lot more thoughts about it. So if you guys yeah. have anything you want to, you think about it, please leave us a comment. Please let us know. Give us, a, give us some more to talk about because I'm, I'm totally fascinated by this at least. Yeah. We have so many opinions. <laughs> Apparently, goodness. <laughs> Yes, you know the whole smash like and subscribe. But seriously, please, please let us know. Thanks I want for listening. Yeah, I want to know more. Thank you for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.